Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when The Office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone. Today we will be discussing Season 6, Episode 5, Niagara Part 2. In this episode, Andy gets injured, Dwight and Michael succeed in their missions, and it's wedding day. We do not get a cold open this episode because, as we said last week, this was originally aired as one episode. So, as we are watching this, just for our recap, per- main part of the episode starts. And in hindsight, we were kind of in a time crunch last week, so we did not really have time to watch both episodes and make one recording. And we kind of regret that now because there is really not a whole lot that goes on in this part of the episode. And so this may be a pretty short episode for us. I'll be honest with you. It will mostly be us hating on a Chris Brown song and a 2009 phenomenon. I think that'll be part of it. And the annex is actually somewhat meaty. So that could be the bulk of this episode. And so we pick up the main part of this episode following the events of the rehearsal dinner. And from what we see, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of fallout from what we saw last week, which was when Jim revealed to everyone that Pam is pregnant, but most specifically revealed to Pam's grandma. We do see Pam's grandma later in the episode, so she did not follow up on her promise of just leaving the wedding altogether but since she was the only one that really had a problem with it I think everybody was okay with just like moving on with their night and nobody thought that that was overly awkward and just didn't want to have anything to do with the the party for the rest of the time right and she was seemingly the only person that didn't really know at this juncture so not really the biggest deal I guess you could say The main thing we see is the party in Andy's room and then Michael and Dwight trying to find women in the hotel bar. We first see Michael talking to a woman and he seems to be doing relatively well. They are talking about Pixar movies and Michael says that he cries at a lot of them, which I think at this point is pretty acceptable. Yeah, there was a run of... What are now pretty classic Disney Pixar movies that just hit hard. He names Up and Toy Story, and those definitely have elements that are tearjerkers. Um, The first, I don't know, I think 10 minutes of Up is just, oh, it'll like take you down (laughs) unless you are kind of the most heartless person it's just uh, 10 minutes of this couple's life together and it's very beautiful so anyway Michael's talking about that and seemingly like Curtis said doing well this woman's interested they're having conversation Dwight interrupts and says I found twins abort this one well it turns out it was twin brothers And not really what Michael had in mind. Also, that's just like a super weird trope, in my opinion. 
So Dwight's really kind of killing Michael's mojo. However, Dwight is sort of killing it with one of the bridesmaids. I believe it's Pam's cousin, Isabel, who turns out to be a dental hygienist in nearby Carbondale. Yeah, she is at the bar when Dwight is talking to Michael about being kind of nervous about being away from the farm and just leaving it in Moses' hands. And Isabel is very intrigued by the fact that Dwight owns his own farm and has horses and things like that. And so they immediately kind of hit it off. And we do see later that they end up spending the night together and hooking up. However, Isabel thinks it's something and Dwight is very clear to Michael that it's nothing. He says that she's a bumpkin. He's not very nice about it. For him, it was just a one night stand, easy lay sort of thing. And he's going to make it clear to her that this isn't going anywhere. And that is just super rough to watch as the episode plays out because she is super into him for some reason. And to me, Dwight's a little too old for this. It's kind of a, that's just how it can play out in college or your early 20s a little bit um to do the weird game of hey we like were super flirty and really into each other and had this physical attraction and then the next morning I'm gonna treat you like garbage just to let you know that you didn't mean anything Michael of course is absolutely appalled by this not not for like moral reasons right but because for several reasons, honestly, mostly that he didn't hook up with anybody and that's what his goal is for the weekend. Yeah, he had to spend the night in the vending machine room. That does not stop Michael from lying about the fact that he did hook up with somebody though. But I think what this really boils down to is that Dwight has this very attractive, very successful woman kind of falling all over him at this point. And Dwight's just kind of like, nah, I'm good. And Michael, as we know, wants more than anything in his life to love and to be loved. And so Michael is searching far and wide for a person to kind of fit that position for him. Also, there is the side situation of the fact that he has already found that person and that person is with a different person, which he does mention later, and that is Holly, of course. But he is he's trying so hard to find this person and can't. And here's Dwight that is just like, eh, nah, I'm good. Uh, Go away, nice woman. Yeah, as for Michael, it's just very difficult to to watch and staying the night in the vending machine room and not actually having a room just sort of adds insult to injury. The other members of the office are having a pretty raucous dance party in Andy's hotel room. It's pretty reminiscent of Cafe Disco a little bit in that we sort of have the dance circle and Andy is one of the ones really taking charge and kind of just showing off his dance moves. Something I would like to add here. I know that they mentioned Andy had already had this 
planned in the last episode, but this isn't an after party. I mean, it is to some extent. It's after the the rehearsal, rehearsal dinner party, but like there is still an active social gathering going on elsewhere. Like in the hotel bar, there are people from the rehearsal dinner gathered and having drinks and having fun and the entire office decides to go to this tiny hotel room to have their own party it's just odd to me that like they they actively just decided to separate themselves even though there was still another social gathering going on it's not like every all the partying was done and they're like we're gonna continue partying here they were just like, no, we're just going to do our own thing over here. Cheaper drinks, I guess. Maybe. I mean, here's all these people that don't really seem to like each other right. while they're working together. And yet they are deciding to spend literally the entire weekend with each other away from other people. Yeah, I guess that's true. And Andy was trying to, at the end of last episode, he was trying to make this into a bigger party, but it does just end up being the members of the office minus Michael and Dwight, pretty much. So Andy is showing off his dance moves and Aaron and Kelly are, I don't know, they are being a little weird in this scene and just egging him on in some respects and... Kelly never finds Andy's dance moves very compelling, I guess. So Andy decides to do the splits, and apparently his car keys were in his pocket. And in so doing, he lands on the keys and then tears his scrotum. There's a lot of logistical problems here, I think. (laughs) And really, there's only one possible way this could have happened, and that's if Andy keeps his car keys in his back pocket which who does that nobody does that yeah i guess you're right because the front pocket is going to be more to the side like there's not let's give you on your thigh yes there's not a way in which that pocket is like expanding to then come underneath your ball sack yeah i don't see how this happens so andy needs to go to the hospital and so they go across the hall and knock on Pam's door because everybody that is in the room is too drunk to take Andy to the hospital. And apparently everyone forgot about Angela. And apparently ambulances don't exist in Niagara Falls. That's going to be an expensive ambulance trip. But still, like, if it's an emergency. Right. Which probably, yeah. Yeah. Because you would think if it's a tear... There's some blood loss. Yeah, that that's a very sensitive area, and it's going to need probably a local anesthetic and stitches. Yeah. And so Pam tries to pawn this off on Jim, who is also at this time drunk with Michael and Dwight. One of my absolute favorite lines comes out of this scene Because Pam is rightfully disgruntled. It seems like she was probably asleep. She's rightfully disgruntled that she now has to take Andy to the hospital. Because she's pregnant, she is the default DD, essentially. And 
she you know tries again to like you said get this to Jim and everyone else is having fun and she's getting married in the morning and this is kind of now her problem so then come to find out that Jim has decided to go out with not his brothers but Michael and Dwight she's stuck with a crying Andy and then Jim is like okay I'll talk to you later and Pam's response is, are you trying to push me off the phone? Jim responds, no, let's talk for a long time. <laughs> and it's just the perfect way to end that sort of call because I've said this on the show before. I feel like that's Curtis's unspoken <laughs> feelings about a lot of our phone calls <laughs> to where it's like, no, let's just talk for a long time that we don't have. There's nothing that we're saying. I mean, there have been very few instances in which we are not I know. around each other in terms of like, or we won't be around each other. And so like you calling me right after I get off of work while I'm on my way to the gym and then it's five, it's a five minute drive. And so there I'm just sitting parked in my car ready to get not ready to get off the phone with you that sounds terrible but like uh, like i very much am going to see you in like 45 minutes this is not an emergency 99 percent of the time right you can just talk to me then you don't have to sit and keep talking to me while i'm sitting in my car waiting for this phone conversation to end so i can do my workout like I said, yeah, let's talk for a really long time. <laughs> Pam does end up driving Andy to the hospital, but we really don't see what comes out of it. He clearly is injured. The really only wrap up we get is at the wedding. It's sort of a way that Andy and Aaron can weirdly connect. And Jim spread the rumor that Andy tore something off. So I guess like his penis was gone or something. And then Aaron offers up her sweater for Andy to sit on so that the wood of the church pew doesn't hurt his injured penis. You missed two very important parts here. Okay. First, when we see Pam driving Andy to the hospital Andy asks if they are almost there and Pam says I don't know I've never been here before so I don't know where I'm going again A there's not ambulances in Niagara Falls B there was nobody working at the front desk to where you could ask hey where's the nearest hospital yeah can you give us directions yeah that's a good point and then after this we see that Andy has spent the night in Pam's room sleeping on the floor, which, why? Yeah, there's not really a stated reason for that. And he had their honeymoon suite that night. Yeah, his room is literally across the hall. We saw them walk across the hall to get to Pam's room. So there's really no reason why... Andy should have spent the night in that room. There's a lot that happens in the first half of this episode that is just kind of like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's a little bit of like filler. And it's really not even that funny. So what are you guys doing here? 
So we finally get to the wedding day. And Pam is having the stereotypical wedding morning jitters. But they really aren't brought on by anything she's doing. Which I think probably is probably pretty common. Yeah, I would say the sort of juxtaposition of what Jim is doing versus what Pam is doing is just a wholly accurate representation of the difference of a bride and groom's day on the wedding day. Partly because of hair and makeup factor in there. But the groom gets to just kind of hang out and have fun. Like Jim's kicking around a soccer ball with a nephew of his probably. Just hanging out. Meanwhile, Pam has to deal with her mother who is really having a hard time that Pam's dad has brought his new much younger girlfriend to this wedding and really keeps bringing that up and, and beating that drum pretty hard. Gonna stop you here real quick. First, related to the point that you just made, this feels very odd to me because while we do know that this is an issue because they showed it, quote, last episode slash earlier on in this episode at large when they aired it, it was so, so brief. Like, it was the dad shows up with a young girlfriend. They cut the camera to Pam's mom who is, like, glaring. And that's literally all they talk about it for the rest of that episode and now it is a huge thing that Pam is having to deal with. Right and we don't know anything really about Pam's parents. We know that they got divorced. We know that her dad was the one that moved out and didn't feel passionate about their relationship especially after Jim had explained his feelings for Pam. This was back in season five but that's all we know. So for then this to be kind of our introduction again to Helene, Pam's mom, is a little harsh maybe. And it serves as the main stressor for Pam in this moment when, again, this is the first time we're hearing about it since just this literally 30 second bit in the first part of this episode. Right. And, and Pam... What she's having to do is essentially personality management. She's got her mom, who's sour. She's got her cousin, Isabel, who's now obsessed with Dwight and wants to go out and talk to him. And that's what she does. And then Pam's like, wait, what? Doesn't have any idea that this hookup happened. And it doesn't seem like her sister is being... Doesn't her sister doesn't appear to need any managing? She's at least being helpful in dealing with the mom. And then, second thing, real quick, you alluded to the differences between the bride's morning and the groom's morning. So, why don't you run down your morning of our wedding? Our wedding was a Saturday of Labor Day weekend. I'm pretty sure that our ceremony started at 2 30. I left our house at, I want to say, 8.30 because I had to be at the hair salon that didn't do a very good job, to be quite frank, at 9. I pulled into the parking lot at 9 o'clock, 8.59, no joke, and I'm getting a phone call 
from my mother. Where are you? You're late. No, I am not late. I am literally just parked and will be in. Like, they're not going to take us back till nine. Curtis and I did have breakfast together. I will say that. And it was very nice to do that. So we're at the salon. It's probably, I know it's two hours. Then we're on our way to uh, the wedding location. We eat a quick lunch. We got married at a historical location. So not a typical wedding spot but they do host weddings it's not unusual but the man that was our point person this was his first wedding and he was extremely nervous and he everything that I had told him the night before he was nervous to execute I guess and so instead of me getting ready and like being able to stay on schedule and eat my lunch I had to go up to the room and redirect him again about just moving books and extra microphone cords, like just kind of cleaning up the space. And the reason for that was so that we had our moms coming up to light unity candles and I didn't want one of them to trip on these cords when they were walking up the platform. So I'm like, just move the cords. That's like all it needed to be happening. So, but then I got called up again by our wedding planners about where to put decorations. And I had to say to them, I could literally not care anymore about where you put these wreaths. You can just put them out. So it was just sort of funny in that regard. I did not get to finish my lunch. People were getting antsy. I wanted pictures of myself and my bridesmaids at the location. That didn't happen because our photographer kind of sucked a little bit. I got some of I got some of them. It was totally fine, but I didn't get any like getting ready pictures. I didn't get any pictures just at that at our wedding ceremony venue because I kept having to go like deal with, you know, weird decor issues. So then I had to find a bathroom so I could go to the bathroom to like put up before I put on my dress. <laughs> And it wasn't super stressful. Like, I was still chill. But then the salon, like, didn't do a good job with people's hair. So then my bridesmaids, like, weren't happy with their hair. And people were trying to redo their hair and makeup and things like that. So there was not a a super calm veneer happening. And then my mom gets kind of stressed about time easily. And so by the time we were leaving to go up the elevator guests were arriving so we couldn't take the pictures like I said and then we kept getting stopped at each floor because guests were trying to get on the elevator and this is at like two o'clock by the way we had guests showing up like half an hour early like 45 minutes to an hour early that's why I was like oh my gosh why is everyone here we were hoping to take some of these pictures not a big deal we got some like in like a little holding room because it was a historical site There weren't these pre-made, it wasn't like a pre-made wedding venue. So we were just like in a room off to the side, basically. So totally worked out. So then we get going and I am hoping to hear the music that I picked out for our ceremony. Just to hear it and be part of it. I am not going to exit the room I am hanging out in. And Curtis 
is waiting to be walked down the aisle with his parents. Like our wedding party went first, then Curtis with his parents, and then with me with my parents. Like we each had a song. And also just because I wanted to like know the cue. So then my mom <laughs> says, what are you doing? You can't exit the room. I'm like, I'm just going to the door to hear. It was, it totally was a personality management sort of thing in some respects to where you're like, okay, just everyone like calm down a little bit. It is a bit of a bummer that, yeah, it's my hair's already falling out. It's a bit of a bummer that they had not enough stylists on hand and didn't tell me that. And so they had some like junior apprentice hair washer doing updos for some of my other bridesmaids. But in the end, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> I would say, to the overall, like no one's going to remember that. But I would not say it was the most relaxing morning. Curtis, did you have a relaxing morning? I would say yes. Uh, after you left, I hung around the house for, I don't know, like an hour or so before my groomsmen and my dad and my brother came over to change. But everybody was kind of already changed by the time they got there. Some were, some weren't. Um, you know, sat around, had a beer or two. We then got on the party bus that we had rented for the day and went to the place where we got our we did the the groomsmen's photos pre-wedding photos and that place was not very far from our house it's like five minute drive and the pictures themselves took i don't know half an hour we got some really nice ones out of those yeah that and so after that we still had a solid, I don't know, two hours-ish to kill. And so we went to a bar, which was pretty close to our venue. It was walking distance because we walked from the bar to the venue. And I had packed snacks for them. Yeah, and this is where we had the snacks. We we had sandwiches brought in, I'm pretty sure. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of sat around at a bar and had had again had another beer or so and after that walked to the wedding venue and still had kind of a lot of time to just burn because there was this kind of balcony area that my groomsmen and I just kind of ended up sitting in for a good half hour 45 minutes so and that's why I'm like, why didn't someone text like our wedding planner could have just texted Curtis about the wreaths and clearing the space where I'm like, he had the time. He could have directed that stuff. He is very confident and capable of just saying, yeah, remember those books that we said to move? Just move the books. So totally not a big deal. It's just so funny that all this gets sort of put on the bride. And... It, it, it is what it is sort of thing. You know, I think the only thing I would have done differently would be going to a different salon that was literally right across the street from the venue. And that probably would have saved a little bit of time and maybe would have enabled me to have lunch. And I did have a mimosa while we got our hair done, but I definitely didn't enjoy like some 
some just hanging out beers. So yes, it was funny how, it, it, you know, sometimes stereotypes and tropes are based off of true things. And this is very much mirrors our wedding experience. Pam is kind of putting out fires while Jim is kicking a soccer ball with, I assume, like his nephew or something like that. And so back to the story, something happens as Pam is really, again, trying to put out fires. When Isabel says, I'm going to go out and talk to Dwight, Pam is just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, fine, sure. But that thing catches her ear. And after she says it, she goes, wait, what? And right, races out of the room to try and catch her and talk to her about it. And in doing so, her veil snags on just what appears to be just like some split wood and tears. And so now she is just despondent about this. She calls Jim and says, I need you to come here right now and we need to figure something out. This is a a sweet moment. And the reason Pam is so upset is because she is five months pregnant. She's about 20 weeks probably. And the dress options are going to be a bit limited. So she didn't get to wear the dress she wanted. So for her, the veil is really where it's at. You know, she didn't get to really wear the shoes she wanted. The veil in her hair is really what she can control. And so she just is sort of at the end of her rope a little bit and has Jim come in. And Jim is like, you look so great. It's just a stupid veil. You know, don't worry about it. And he cuts his tie in half and says... Hey, now we're even. And it's here that I, uh, maybe it's because I'm a heartless person, as you <laughs> like to say, but this, the, what happens after this just doesn't do it for me. No. No, because I think it's, so what happens is Pam is like, people are driving me crazy. Why did we invite all these people? Mm-hmm. And so they leave. They go to the Maid of the Mist, which is the ship that goes by the Niagara Falls, and have the captain of the ship marry them. And so they have this very small, intimate ceremony, just the two of them, and they get married on their own terms. They went back and forth on this a lot. Sure. We saw before where they were just going to leave one day go to Ohio, get married, and have that be that. And then they went to Cafe Disco and saw everybody dancing around. And Pam was like, okay, I I think I want this. And so if they don't like the people that they invited to their wedding, A, don't invite them. Sure, yeah. Don't invite the entire office. Yeah. Or B... Do the small ceremony that you wanted. This is a situation where you can have your cake and eat it too. Quite literally, because wedding cakes. You can go have a small ceremony with just you and your partner and a witness. Or, you know, just you, your partner, and your family. You can do that. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can just be a small courthouse thing. And then you can do the reception. People do that all the time yeah we because we never got a lot of information on their wedding planning 
I think you're right in that it does appear that they're sort of indecisive on what they want out of this. And it is sweet to see them go on the Maid of the Mist. And it's so what happens is then the wedding itself, they flash back to the church. All the guests are sort of sitting around. It's been over an hour. No one knows. Jim and Pam left without telling anyone where they're going. Very Jim and Pam move, by the way. Very much so. That is really inappropriate to your guests. This is the one thing where it's like, okay, I get, you know, wanting to do this, wanting to have a backup plan, et cetera, whatever. But it cannot be at the same time as your ceremony, in which people have traveled to get there, are at the church, and now are just like literally waiting around wondering what they should do. Well, yeah, just crazy. So there's some antsiness happening there. So then Jim and Pam return all smiles triumphant and they get started on the actual ceremony and that's where honestly like the episode pretty much ends in some respects because there's a church organ playing and then somehow the wedding party so Jim's brothers and then the bridesmaids are in cahoots with the members of the office to stop the organ music and to do the entirety of Chris Brown's Forever and that dance up the aisle. And that's the rest of the episode. But it's interspersed with all the dancing from those people and then Jim and Pam's ceremony on The Maid of the Mist. There's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) A, this feels like a season finale episode. Like It really does. it It would feel, to me, maybe more fun, quote unquote, if it was because like oh it's the whole cast they're celebrating it's the end of the season this is a fun way to just end the season no this is the fourth episode of the season we just kind of throw this in there it's kind of random it is it sort of reminds me how Shit's creek ends their uh seasons it's a, a lot of times like you said with the entire cast they're at a party or something and there's just like music playing also I have never seen the YouTube video that this thing is based off of. God, it's been a long time. I'm sure I've seen it or the snippets or whatever, but it's been obviously a decade (laughs) since I've seen this. And that kind of is one of those things that may, it's, I think it's a general, honestly, I think it's a generational thing. I know YouTube was gigantic when it came out and people were able to just spend hours and hours and hours on it. I never did that. Agree. That is not what I use YouTube for. Yeah. I, I, I know like my, my brother is 12 years younger than I am. And I know that he, at one point like that, there is a, there is a certain generation, his, you know, his age that, that was their TV, essentially, is they just right. went on YouTube and they just watched video after video after video and just went down rabbit holes or whatever. Like, I'm not saying, like, I haven't ever watched a YouTube video for entertainment purposes. I certainly have. But, like, I've never just sat there and, like, three hours later just like, whoa, uh, I guess I should do something else now like I would with TV. 
Right. I use YouTube for yoga with Adrian and workout videos. So there's, there's this phenomenon because this is when people were first starting to get camera phones. So this wedding occurred in which the wedding party did exactly this. They put this song on, Forever by Chris Brown, which, side note, remember when Chris Brown was going to be like the next Michael Jackson? We're going to avoid that topic as to why he is not. Put the song on and then they did this choreographed dance down the aisle and it became a viral sensation. It is very dated, though, in the sense, and I wish The Office hadn't had done this because it sort of, to me, I don't know, it ruins the wedding episode a little bit. It, it might just be because, as we just said, I mean, you said you have seen the clip. I have never, like I said, I have never seen it. And so this whole thing just falls flat for me. It's like, I don't, this is a reference I don't get. Like, I, And Michael does say like, hey, did you see the YouTube video? Yeah. Yeah. And so my answer is like, no, I, no, I, I haven't. So in this video, in the original video, are the bride and groom in on it too? Or no. is this another surprise to them as well? I believe it's a surprise to them. Okay. So. The wedding party upstages their their day. Yeah. And then puts it on the internet. And, and so this is funny and cool. Why? I don't know. And then I think... I'd be furious. I, yes. I, yeah. And then I think there was this resulting thing where, you know, people try to one-up it or they do all these choreographed dances and whatever associated with weddings but this scene plays on for so long in this shot. And, and like I said, we do get it interspersed with Jim and Pam being on Made of the Mist. But we see people coming up the aisle, members of the office basically come up the aisle in pairs. Then we'll get a shot of Jim. Then we'll get a shot of Pam sort of like laughing and smiling. And Pam is like, okay, whatever. I'm fine with it. Because they already got married on Made of the Mist. And her sister just say, you know, I tried to talk them out of it. I know this is on your do not playlist. And Pam's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, thanks a lot, everybody. It ends with basically Jim and Pam kissing at the altar. And then we see them just hanging out on Made of the Mist. And then Jim's kind of iconic line now of how he planned this out. Yeah. He says that he bought tickets for the boat. The, the minute he saw that YouTube video and that was his plan B. He says it was actually plan C because plan B was the church and plan A was marrying Pam as soon as he saw her. A long, long time ago. Yeah. Pretty much the day he met her, which is very sweet and gets me every time. Also, she was currently engaged to a person at that time. But, you know, whatever. Semantics. <laughs> oh, Curtis. I just want to touch on one more thing with this viral video thing. And it is something that has happened with the rise of the internet and people seeing things like this and being like, oh, that's cool. That's funny. I want to do that as well. And so you see with the rise of YouTube, viral videos in general, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, things like this, that it almost kills creativity yes because people 
yes, there is somebody making this content and coming up with these new ideas, new skits, funny things. And so one person does it, it goes viral. And you see then after that copycats of that thing. And so then that thing is no longer creative. It's just something that everybody has done now. Right. Instagram is why everyone has the same looking kitchen. Yeah. There is, there is a video that I will see, and especially now that it's wedding season, I saw it uh, last fall probably for the first time. And now about every two or three months, I'll see another version of it. And it's the flower dude. And it's essentially, it's a guy, it's a, a grown ass man that comes out in a suit he's got shades on he's got a fanny pack on and he's got petals flower petals in there and he just goes down the aisle and is just and it's like a friend of the groom the groom's are like and so he just is like in very funny ways like tossing the flower petals in it like replacing the flower girl right i have not heard of this yes so i've seen i saw that and i was like okay yeah that's kind of funny and I've now seen several iterations of this. And I'm like, okay, that's that's not funny anymore. You can only do that so many times. Like, it's not creative anymore, especially because it is such a narrow box. Like, yeah. there's only one thing that guy can do. And there's only so many ways that you can creatively and funnily throw pedals. And so, essentially, the joke is, huh, it's supposed to be this cute little girl but we got a bro to do it funny right interesting i have not seen or heard that so yes like you said with the rise of the internet people see the one thing and think it's great and now they want to do it and that kills everything again what like you said with kitchens and why everybody's house is gray and yeah and wedding trends catch on like that because there's the hashtags and then it's such a big industry and then it just is like hey here's how to stand out and then there's only so many lists of how to stand out and so everyone just sort of ends up doing it and now the pandemic's waning a little bit people are getting back to having their weddings they want to celebrate and so they are looking for those things i would say the only other thing to wrap up this episode before we get to the annex is Michael does end up making a connection at this wedding and it's actually with Pam's mom. While Jim and Pam are on Made of the Mist and everyone's waiting around, Michael just happens to ask Colleen if she has a snack because she's a mom and he's hungry. And he kind of tells her a little bit of his woes from the weekend dropping in about how it's been a bad year for love because the person that he's in love with is dating somebody else this kills me because you have michael making things about himself and lamenting about being lost in love you have pam's mom agreeing with him because she is recently divorced and has seen her ex-husband move on with a much younger woman and they are doing this at a wedding which is a celebration of love yeah and so they are both just like oh love sucks it's been terrible love is awful for me while two people 
that they both care about very, very much, one of which is related to one of those people, are getting married. And then after the wedding, to close out the episode, the very last shot is Michael going into Helene's room and seemingly spending the night with her. And that will be where we pick up some episodes coming up. It strikes me that we don't see any of the reception because, as we talked about before, the reason why there is this big wedding and not the small courthouse thing that Jim and Pam wanted is because they went to Cafe Disco and everybody was dancing around and it was corny and Pam's like, I like corny. And so they had the wedding so they could have the reception and we see none of the reception here. Yeah, one of the reviews of this episode was that Phyllis's wedding, that episode was actually better because we sort of saw the whole thing. And there was, well, it was very cringy from Michael. There were more comedic moments and we got... So Andy's dance party sort of thing maybe would have taken place at the reception. It was sort of a weird setup. And I guess the... The, the aims of the episodes are a little different. With Phyllis's wedding, it's just for the comedic effect. For this, it is the payoff of five plus seasons of story building yeah. with Jim and Pam. Exactly, yeah. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. So the Maid of the Mist scenes were just kind of with a small skeleton crew and Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski on their own. And John Krasinski was actually sick while he was filming this, which couldn't have been super pleasant. I think he had like a bad cold or something. Could not have been super pleasant because you're getting sprayed with water from the falls. Brian Baumgartner's parents were actually extras on Maid of the Mist. They happened to be nearby and then decided to go to Niagara Falls just to be extras in the scene. The scene in which Jim cuts his tie, they shot that seven times. In or- I don't know like if they cut seven ties or how they ended up doing that. But in order just to get it right, they shot that seven times. Mindy Kaling and Greg Daniels were the writers of this episode. And they were nominated for an Emmy And they lost to the Modern Family pilot, which kind of gets me a little bit that Modern Family was such an Emmy darling for such a long time. If you watch closely, Toby is not part of the dance at all. He is the only member of the cast that doesn't come up the aisle. And I think that's because Paul Lieberstein doesn't really like being on camera. And because he's a writer, producer, kind of can make those type of demands. Mm Mm-hmm. The same person that choreographed Cafe Disco did the choreography for this episode. And each pair that came up the aisle, so like when Aaron and Andy come up the aisle, for instance, or Dwight and Isabel, they had 45 minutes to get their moves down before shooting. Which doesn't seem like very much, but it also seems a little improvised in some respects. Like as long as your partner sort of had an idea of what you were doing... And then when everyone was coming up the aisle together, it was just one choreographed dance. Curtis, no firings again, right? Right. What is your Dundee? The Bad Trope Award goes to getting married on a ship. (laughs) This is the second time we've seen it in this show. Back on Booze Cruise, uh, Captain Jack 
played by Rob Riggle, offers to marry Pam and Roy at that time. And then here we see Jim and Pam go to the Maid of the Mist, knock on the cabin window to get the captain out so he can marry them. You actually can't do that. I looked it up right oh, before really? right before we started this because I was curious. That's that's not a real thing that just because it's a captain of a ship, they can marry you. They have to be a, what's the term? Uh, a, yeah, a licensed officiant, which, you know, anybody can do. You know, what's ironic is that in that Booze Cruise episode, Pam says that she doesn't want to get married right then because she wants her parents to be there and she doesn't want to get married on a ship. And in this episode, she gets married without her parents on a ship. I'm curious if that is something they took into consideration. What is your Dundee? My Dundee is the Raised in a Barn Award, and it goes to Kevin. Kevin does not come out of this entire wedding experience looking great. For instance, there's this protracted thing about how his shoes smelt so bad when he put them out to be cleaned that they decided to incinerate them and he only had one pair of shoes. So he wears Kleenex boxes for the entirety of the day. He can't take the time to go to the bathroom while everyone's waiting for Jim and Pam to come for the ceremony because it would take too much time to put back on his tie. And that's just supposed to be just a weird thing of like just a funny thing about Kevin. I would assume that means he takes off all of his clothes to go to the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Then at the end of the day, his feet hurt really bad from being in Kleenex boxes the whole day. And he just goes into the vending machine, ice machine room and puts his feet directly in the ice machine and just hangs out there. So Kevin comes out looking like he was like raised by wolves. Gotta say he pulls the toupee off though. (laughs) He does look nice in the toupee. Who is your employee of the month? I'll take Dwight, I guess. (laughs) Um, He is seen several times interacting with women and is successful with one. So I'll go with Dwight. Who is your employee of the month? I chose Jim and Pam and I don't want to be... Lame. I know. I I don't want to say that the highlight of anyone's life must be their wedding day because hopefully your love grows and you have a marriage together and it's not just about your wedding but your wedding day is is kind of a big moment and not because you planned this party or anything but for me when I think about our wedding day I just think about our vows and just how happy we were and how we were just expressing our feelings to each other and that just sort of cemented those things and so I get the impression of that with Jim and Pam. And it's just a nice moment, and this episode always gets me. So that does it for this week's episode. We thought it would be a shorter one, but here we are. We're going to be pushing an hour. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And be sure to keep listening to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us, be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.